When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to The Art of Charm. I'm Jordan Harbinger. The Art of Charm brings together the best coaches in the industry to teach you guys how to crush it in life, love, and at work. Imagine having a mix of experienced mentors teaching you their expertise, packing decades of research, testing, and tough lessons into a concise curriculum. We've created one of the premier men's lifestyle programs available anywhere, and it's free. This is the show we wish we had a decade ago. This show is about you, and we're here to help you become the best man you can be in every area of your life. Make sure to stay up to date with everything going on here and get some killer free ebooks as well as drills and exercises that'll help you become more charismatic and confident by signing up for the newsletter at theartofcharm.com. If you're new to the show but you want to know more about what we teach here at The Art of Charm, listen to the toolbox at theartofcharmpodcast.com slash toolbox. That's where you'll get the fundamentals of dating and attraction such as body language, eye contact, vocal tonality, all that stuff that's more important than you might think. We've got boot camps running every single month here in California. Details at theartofcharm.com, and I'm looking forward to meeting all of you guys here at The Art of Charm. Enjoy. A buddy of mine, Max, is visiting us from uh, Germany, actually. And uh, while we were in Europe... It's not we went Germany, to... it's Bavaria. <laughs> he's, he's visiting us from Stuttgart. <laughs> yeah. I don't know technically if that's even Bavaria. I don't know if it is either. Uh, so he's visiting us. We, were, we visited him when we were out in Germany. And I met him in Detroit, and this is sort of uh, goes very well in line with our value talk here. Um, through a buddy of mine from high school was throwing a party at his house, and he invited a bunch of coworkers. And his coworkers uh, were German exchange uh, interns, and they brought some of their friends who were also uh, doing internships from Germany, just local Germans in uh, the Detroit area, to this house party. And uh, I started mingling and just chatting people up just, you know, because I was curious. And uh, I don't really know much about German, so I was learning a little German at the party, having fun with it. Yeah. And uh, I met Max. Nine. Yeah. And we started talking about house music. And we got in this really long discussion about house music and a little bit about Detroit techno and how he was excited to be in Detroit because it's a huge <laughs> electronic music scene. And I had been going out. Probably like one of the couple hundred people that knows about that over there at that time. Uh, no, no, no. actually, Detroit techno, Detroit techno is enormous, yeah. especially in Germany. Oh, so yeah. huge. And we used wow. to have the International Electronic Music Festival in Detroit. And we the, still have that, don't you know, we? Hundreds DNA. of thousands of people. So it's it's pretty well known that Detroit has some really good house DJs. And um, so we start talking about the clubs in Detroit. And I basically was like, yo, you got to come out with us when we go to the club next time. And he's like, yeah, you know, it's just one of those things that we threw out there. And... And for most people, they're like, yeah, that's cool. And then they leave it at that. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. You know, no big deal. So I'm like, no, this guy's coming to visit. He's from uh, Germany and he's he loves this music. What the hell? So I give him a call uh, about two weeks later when I'm going to the show in Detroit. And he was staying about half an hour outside of Detroit. I was staying about half an hour outside of Detroit, but we were somewhat in opposite directions. How far was that of like a drive for you? It was probably close to an hour. Okay. So I was just like, F. Fuck it. Why the hell not? Let's go. Let's show this guy a real party. Because I knew this. we were going to this underground Detroit club that most people don't know about. It's it's a pretty cool scene there, and I knew he'd really enjoy the music. And uh, I had some connections there. So 
I give him a call while we're driving to his house, mind you. And I'm like, yo, we're going to the show. Would you want to go? And he's like so excited. He's like, hell yeah, I'd love to go. So I, I pick him up like 15 minutes later. He's like, dude, it's like an hour drive. How the hell? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We called. How'd you pull we just, that off? Yeah, we figured you'd want to go. So he hops in the car. We go to the show. He has a great time. I drop him back off. He's like, oh my God, I can't believe you picked me up. That was amazing. The best time I've had here in the States. I don't have a car. I don't know very many people. And Americans tend to be a little bit cold. Which is funny because he's German. Yeah. yeah. And he's saying that. <laughs> so It's I, all how you think I about was it. like, yeah, I know you'll hook it up when I go to France, you know, when I'm out Whatever, in and, yeah. I, and I had never been to Europe. I never really thought about going to Europe. But I was like, yeah, don't worry about it. You know, it's no big deal. It's just what I do. I, I knew you love the music and I wanted to share it with you. I thought that's really cool to experience that. And uh, what ends up happening is now we've visited each other on various continents. And every time we visited... We've hooked each other up mad, gone to crazy parties, seen stuff that, you know, normally you wouldn't see as a tourist. And he's basically like my brother. And this is all from just giving value out. So it's really cool how this stuff can change the course of your life. And you can meet all these incredible people that you were shutting out otherwise because you didn't want to give out value. You didn't want to go a little extra step to help someone else out. Yeah, he's an awesome cat. Yeah, he'll be visiting and uh, we're going to take him out here in L.A., and it's going to be crazy. Brock out. He's, you know what's awesome? You see, like, always smiling and having a good time. Yeah. And you're like, dude, what's up, man? Like, are you ever unhappy, sad, lonely, anything? <laughs> well, he makes himself happy. My best, totally. The best part was when we were driving from Munich to Stuttgart in a shitty small rental car, <laughs> cruising as fast as we can to get there. We're cramped in this car. There's six of us. We get there, and he's like, oh, I knew you guys would be hungry. He had all this food ready for us to eat. He as has soon a full as we sit down, bar. Full bar. He's making us 17 mixed drinks. drinks. Then he throws on the TV. And the whole time we've been in Europe up until this point, we haven't seen an NFL game. Yeah. <laughs> on, like, on quality TV other than yeah. streaming on sure. the internet. And he has his plasma. So he throws on an NFL he game. He have us have ESPN America. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're watching the NFL in yeah. a warm, comfortable apartment. Mm-hmm. Drinks. Well fed. Yeah. And this is a guy that I met through, you know, a friend of a friend. Because you took him to a party where you live. Yeah. So the reach goes on. Yeah, man. That stuff comes back. He made us us feel quite comfortable. It was was awesome. So let's jump in, Alex. I mean, what's the value scale? We mentioned this before, 6 through 10. Yeah. So and we talked about 6 through 10, how we Mm -hmm. ratings, et cetera, et cetera. So what are they? We broke it down, right? We'll start Mm -hmm. with a 6. Sure. A six is usually, we call that supplicative dynamics. Now, we say dynamics for each one of these because it's how you interact with other people, right? So a supplicative dynamic is generally people who have a very low internal value. Supplicate, excuse me. No problem. Supplicate is derived from, it's a religious term that means when you're praying to a God, you're like giving things at their altar. That's supplicating to that God, right? So supplicating means basically doing that to people. So you're treating people like they're to be revered. You're buying them things. You know, you're giving them gifts. You're going out of your way to do things the way that they want it to. Putting other people's needs above your own wants Always and apologizing is, is a big one that supplicative people do. Yeah. You know, it's just putting yourself consistently in this low value uh, state around people, just interacting with everyone as if they're better than you. Mm. And that's supplicative mm. dynamics. You know, when you talk about uh, we give each person like a catchphrase, you know, so the six, his catchphrase is please like me. You know, he's going around being like, please like me, please like me. Please uh, like the me. six says, says mentally, please like me. Yeah. 
Okay. His actions, Like when you recognize words, someone as a six, all of the things they're going to be doing are to get validation from another person. Now, all of these value dynamics up until a nine are searching for external value in one form or another. But the six is very transparent about it. He's just, I want value. Please like me. Please well, like he me. Wants, Please he needs the, me. Yeah, to feel accepted. It's a big deal. But I mean, everybody at some, in one way or another uh, in life want to be accepted in what group or, or they want to, they, it's that sense of belonging. Yeah. And if you don't have that growing up family oriented wise, then you're screwed. Because you're going to continually going to look for that and, well, and the rest of your not, life. You're not hopeless yeah, you're not is screwed. one thing I'll say. But, yeah, you're set up, you know, to feel that way. You're, you're set up so... to constantly seek that. Yeah. Which mm. is really behavior that turns most people off, that they're not going to want to be around. Yeah. You end up qualifying yourself a lot. Yeah. Which is a huge problem and a big turnoff. And one thing that we mentioned before, just years ago, um, I think someone came up with this and it was – it's so like qualifying is like this like Zen poem where the more you try and raise your own value by qualifying yourself, the lower your value actually becomes. And the more you try to impress people, the less you're actually impressing people mm. by the act of trying to impress them. And the external value stuff that we were talking about before, like the possessions and all that stuff, it's external. That that, that stuff is is fleeting to other people. And the internal value you can constantly rejuvenate. So I don't know why I'm thinking of American yeah. Psycho, but probably because the guy has everything and yet he's totally miserable and like wants to kill people. <laughs> you know? Well, bloodless is a whole nother thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's not on the value scale. That's yeah. not. That's not. That's, there is, there that, is no bloodless here. So no what I usually lust. do is I'm going to go through each of the value dynamics, and then we'll talk about how do you deal with each of these people. Well, I want I want to relate that to dating because we do talk yeah. a little bit about dating. So what are some behaviors that a guy who's supplicative does in in a relationship? Oh, my God. Can I buy you a drink? You're so beautiful. Can I buy you a drink? Yeah, you can do that. But then you have to tell me what supplicative guys do. <laughs> That's an thirsty. example of supplicative behavior. You know, oh, my God, you're so beautiful, right? First, you start off with a compliment looking for approval. Can I buy you a drink? Will you allow me to placate you by buying you girl, something? Will you oh allow girl. me to buy your time, please? You fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's a. I mean, there's, the thing is, there's a lot of subtlety Dude, you here. Search a Bobby Light on YouTube. Uh, That's pretty fucking. Uh, I mean, AJ, you were talking about this before. How the how subtle the difference can be between when you buy someone a drink as a six or how you buy someone a drink as a nine. Yeah. You know, just being like, you're Can adorable. You I'm going to buy you a drink. Come have a drink with me. Like that kind of thing versus. William Shatner does it as a nine. Well, inten <laughs> intentions, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it always boils down to that. And the intention of trying to win over some more time to spit some game to this girl, trying to keep her around, expecting her to do a favor. You know, it's funny. We went out uh, a couple weeks ago to this karaoke bar. And I was just sitting there uh, observing. And there was this older gentleman at the, the bar. And he had bought a drink for this girl next to him, this really hot blonde <laughs> chick next to him. And um, her girlfriends are trying to pull her away. And he just keeps, like, gesturing at her drink and, like, tr trying to pull her back because Ugh. he bought her a drink. And Gnarly. finally, uh, our boys go up and they kill it on karaoke. And I turn back and he's sitting there next to a half full drink. <laughs> so what's the moral of the story? <laughs> well, obviously, that behavior of trying to win over more time with this girl and win over her affections by buying her something, thinking that Bam. now she has to reward me. She has to mm. give me something back, you know, constantly seeking something. Yeah. 
That sucks. It's painful. Thankfully, Alex and I can rip shit up on karaoke. <laughs> yeah. Ice Ice Baby in Europe, dude. Uh, we we yeah. fucking killed it. We had people <laughs> Vanilla, like rush. Vanilla would be proud. Yeah. Dude, he, we killed that shit because people rushed the stage, oh, man. Oh, my God. That After was so that, much granted, fun. Granted, they were now native speakers of English, it was but it doesn't so much matter. Fun. That was I awesome. thought you were Vanilla Ice. Listen, on a side I did note, on when stage. you do karaoke, here's my recommendations. Play to the bar that you're in, right? So if you're in a bar where everyone's playing like classic songs or yeah. like rock songs or whatever, oh, play to joke. that. Ours you was playing that like one. some some '90s pop kind of stuff, and uh. like you know. And I figured we were overseas, so it'd have to be something that was a really solid hit, super hit that people yeah. would know. Un- so we picked hit. "Ice Ice Baby" yeah. by Vanilla Ice, which I know all the words to, and Jordan knows all the words of to. Of course. So didn't even need to, that help though. We didn't <laughs> need to really look at the screen. Well, you look all you, know. you, you don't have to look yeah. at the screen. And then focus on working the crowd. It's yeah. not really about how good of a singer you are. It's no. about engaging Trust the crowd. Me, definitely not I think Johnny knows a thing or two about this subject, too. But, you know, he's just if chilling out. If it was out, a problem, so. I'll solve it. Check out the yeah, book. So we and then, just, got, and then as, I, I flip the mic to the crowd. Or I'm like, you guys know the words. You know, it, yeah, if you get chorus, to do the chorus. Ice, ice baby. Yeah. Especially is enormous. You hold the mic oh, out. Common six traits are things like if somebody is pecking. That's a that's a very common six thing. You're leaning into the other person because what they're saying is really important. Ah, right. pecking or because, isn't leaning in too or, much. Or to make it easier for them to hear you. Yeah, right. Leaning into somebody on and off while you're talking to them. So you look like one of those birds that just keeps okay. dipping at the water. I mean, just to be clear, you guys, like, pecking is not just only only sixes do this or this is what makes a six. Like, this right. is just one example example of body language, which is one channel of how you're, right. your sixes Another thing that sixes manifest, tend to do, yeah. they always offer and buy people drinks, you know? Always trying to buy someone a drink just as soon as you meet them. It's like, well, why? Like, why would you do that? They want to. They want you to like them. Exactly. Yeah. People searching for your approval like that. Sixes apologize a lot. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Excuse they're, me. They're constantly feeling like they're in the way, or they've done something wrong, or that in some way they've offended someone. So they always need to be apologized. There's usually a lot of hesitation on yeah, the sixes part, that's and they, true. they don't want to affect their environment. You know, they they shrink up and take yeah. less space because they don't want to be in anyone's way. Yeah, there's, you know, it's funny, when I'm in Eastern Europe, a lot of people point out, like, oh, you know, people apologize too much in America. Really? Guys, guys say they're sorry too much, and it doesn't make sense for you to be sorry for the stuff that you're doing. Because over there, it's linguistics largely, where it's like, you don't say, oh, sorry. You only say that when, like, someone dies in your family, you know what I mean? But, like, no one says, like, oh, sorry, because they happen to be near you and startle you or something. I yeah, mean, it just yeah. doesn't happen. To, like, be in someone's way. Yeah, or, like, be oh, in I'm someone's sorry. way. It just Yo, happens. As bad as American men can be for this, I gotta say, in my experience, the worst is English. English dudes are notorious. English culture is all about that, you apologizing to someone. If you get stepped on by somebody, you say, I'm sorry. My apologies, mate. Yeah. I- I'm sorry my foot was in your way. <laughs> yeah. Like should have known better. And then you passively, aggressively treat us like crap actors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because that's not what, that's not in line with their intentions. Yeah, well, it's, it's also very common in Asian cultures yeah. For, yeah. for men to constantly feel like they have to apologize for them, their actions. They're raised that way. Yeah. Culture is so cultural, different over yeah. there that it's like that's in the minority here. Or, you know, especially in the States, it, it really affects people's perception of you, you know, as being like really subservient to everyone else. You know, it happens a lot to guys like myself who are largely raised by their moms. Yeah. Because they take on that feminine trait of apologizing for everything. Well, it's also being passive. So you're not going to be in the way. Alex mentioned a little bit of the body language shrinking. But I mean, I know for myself in, in school, 
I wanted nothing to do with it. So it was like, if I just be really, really quiet, trying not to like get in anybody's way, I might be able to just drift through here without being on the radar. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and it's, it, it stems from that as well. It's funny because, you know, our first example in attraction is blip on the radar. Yeah. You know, what's the first thing that you want to do is you want to, you want to make yourself known. You want to do that. <laughs> so if you're running your life on this constant loop of trying to avoid being seen, you're going to have a lot of trouble attracting people. Over the last 17 years, we have launched our fair share of online courses, coaching programs, and finding the right platform has always been a challenge. They say if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. But if you're an entrepreneur, you know the hard work that comes with it. That's why you need Kajabi. Kajabi makes it easy to run your entire online business from one platform so you can focus on what you love, creating. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, passions, and experiences into enriching online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, thriving communities, personalized coaching, and more. The best part? Kajabi doesn't cut into your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. So keep 100% of what you earn. And with Kajabi, you also get robust analytics, easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates all built in. You don't even need a huge audience to make sustainable income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash charm. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash charm. Go to Kajabi dot com slash charm and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. Okay. All right. So let's switch over to seven then. What, what about a seven? Lucky what number seven. Yeah. Lucky number seven. <laughs> well, a lot of times, uh, I mean, what Johnny says is that somebody who's a seven is someone who's gotten value somewhere in their life. You know, somehow externally, someone's, uh, they found that they can get a little bit of value by like, uh, by making other people have less value around them. So they're not necessarily chasing value. They're, they already feel maybe it's like external. Well, they got a taste of it, you know, but they don't, but they still can't create it for themselves. So they are still searching for it externally. Okay. Up until the very end, you, you won't be able to create value for yourself. Or they're getting value from something external. From something else. Yeah. Exactly. So seven is what we call combative dynamics. That means that your reaction to any sort of a conflict or a problem in your way is to fight it, to fight with that and get rid of it. You know, and that doesn't always Destroy work. Destroy it. Yeah. The easiest thing there is, I mean, most of these people, I think someone mentioned earlier about being the big tough guy that used to seem to be like the traditional alpha male. Yeah. But I mean, the more people you can throw under you, the better off you're going to feel. And it's it, it stems from you're being so insecure that you it's it's a I'm gonna fuck you before you fuck me attitude. So I'm just gonna start totally lashing fair. out at people because I am mm. that scared little dog in the corner. So one, I'm just gonna start flipping. And one thing that you've also mentioned before, Johnny, is like uh, a seven is just trying to get bigger. You know, they've like they've they've found out that if they can make one person scared of them, then they're bigger than that one person. So they're like trying to make as many put as many people beneath them as they can so that they can just get bigger and bigger and not ever have to deal with the underlying issue that they can't create value for themselves. Okay, mm-hmm. so in a relationship, how is someone combative? Dude. What does a seven do when he's dating a girl? 
Oh, when he's dating a girl? Jeez. <laughs> you know, that's what I'm saying. We want to distill this down so guys listening can be like, oh, yeah. shit, yeah. I'm a seven. Well, he's he's constantly going to have to have everything to say. He wears the pants. And at any time that she has an opinion or is going to uh, voice how she feels about something, he's going to take offense to that, that she's undermining his authority. So he's, it's, a, it's a constant uh, rule this with an iron fist. Uh, he's got to be right. He's got to be right because he can't – he cannot – have that feeling of her showing him up, even to himself. Are you are you mocking me? A lot of it's about control. Yeah. It's yeah, all about control. So he's very controlling. Mm. It's weird. If you look carefully at these phases, you'll see all of these throughout the phases. Well, actually, not all. You'll see the seven and eight phase throughout your ex relationships with your exes. Mm. You won't see the six because she would she didn't want you when you were six. The seven, <laughs> you started coming into your own. You got this girlfriend, and then eight, you kind of got competitive with this girl, well, which we'll get into, and yeah. then you discarded. And then now, hopefully, you're nine, and the either six, your relationship the grew or is, you're uh, done. Let's just be friends. That's what the six. LJBF. Yeah, Where does jealousy friends. fall in here, though? As what? Is someone who's combative very jealous? Or you're both. I think you see it in both. And yeah. it mixes different ways. Jealousy, uh, envy, qualifying, that all kind of works together. Well, okay, the, so explain. <laughs> the jealousy... You can't just, I'm saying, like, you can't just throw, oh, it all kind of works together. Can't you know? just tease well, okay. the, Jealousy and envy are pretty much the same thing, you know, when you're envious of something. So then when you're trying to get something, you're trying to present yourself as having something more than you do, that's where the qualifying comes in. Because you want other people to recognize that you have these things that you are envious of. Whereas if you could just accept yourself in the first place, then you don't have to worry about like having these things or being these things, having this job, whatever. So that's that's a, uh, an eight though. That's being competitive, right? I don't see jealousy as an eight. I see jealousy no, as I, laying with the seven. All the way through, yeah. I see jealousy laying with the seven because this guy who's always wanting the power in this relationship or always wants to one up, his girlfriend's talking to somebody else. He can't handle that. It's taking his power. So that's it, not competitive? He can see it as her. Competitive is a whole different thing, and we can get to that when we we talk about that. Uh, but I mean, and it's I mean, this is my just how I view it. Uh, yeah, when, I'm just I'm trying to tease it out more because this is interesting to me. Well, I mean, when I well, let's should we talk about what a competitive is and then compare the two? Yeah, I think so. That'll yeah. work. Pick a podcast, bad but in a good way. We talk about a number eight as being a competitive dynamics where you're, it's it's different than a seven. A seven tends to get aggressive and fight the problem, whereas an eight is like, I'm better than you. Seven says you suck, right? That's their catchphrase. Everything That's that the they're doing phrase. is trying to make you seem like you suck in comparison. Whereas an eight is more focused on themselves. They have a lot more ego involved in it, where it's like, I'm better than you. So it's about me, I'm better, right? Versus a seven being very, uh, you suck, right? So intrinsically, I'm better. Pick a podcast. Field tested. Woman approved. Which one are we doing? Eight? Eight. So the competitive nature, the competitive dynamic that this person runs is because somewhere in his life he has gotten some value externally, whether it be his job, whether he would manage to pick up a hot girlfriend, whether he's come from money. He feels somewhat all right, uh, pretty good about himself. So he's able to go out there and compete for value because he knows he can win. So it's, it's it's still putting people below him, but he likes to earn it, and it's and but knowing already that he he has it wrapped up, it, it even man it's uh, you'll see it just from stupid shit like hey I could do more push-ups than you, 
Yeah. Push-up contest. The thing remember about that? the seven Do you remember eight? that push-up contest? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this guy challenged uh, was one of us. I can't really remember who it was now. It happens push-up contest. all the time. Soon as, as, soon like, as, whatever, as, dude. Oh, so you're, you're, you know, you're quicker <laughs> with the tongue, tired. but can you do more push-ups? They're going like, to keep, keep going because they, they'll be able to beat you in one way, you know, but you don't, you don't compete. Uh, He's like, I, connect I bet, four contest, bitch. I bet, you, I bet you can do more push-ups. Okay, so anyway, what I was yeah. saying. The, you know? the seven and the eight always seem like different sides of the same coin. You know, you're saying that like the seven is insecure about who they are. Seven doesn't have any real security in themselves, whereas an eight has a little bit of security in themselves. But it's like people, these value di- uh, dynamics, they're all elastic. You know, you can be one in one minute and another in another. That's when we talk about raising people's value why you can do that because you're not locked into any specific right. value you're you run the gamut at all times your actions are what's assigned the value not yourself as a whole okay so you could constantly be a seven in some situations and an eight in other situations it doesn't mean that you're an eight so it's very hard to call someone a seven or an yeah. eight. It's so just, it's all it's, situational. It's yeah, it's, act, situational. it's like you're acting like an eight. Right. And you're never locked in that. You can you can always change these. That's And that's what we're going to talk about later is how to change these so nice. that you can become that better person mm-hmm. who is going around and spreading value instead of competing over it. Um, I just want to reset then, Johnny. Can you just reset what uh, a seven gets his value from? The seven is is like that little dog in the corner. So it's always barking, it's always yipping, it's always lashing out. Why? Because it's scared. Okay. It, it doesn't feel good about himself. It has. It's insecure. Wants attention. It's scared. It wants attention. Okay? So he's got to start lashing out at people. The more people he can make feel uncomfortable around him and scared of him, the better he feels because they're not going to lash out at him. So he's got it taken care of. So he's constantly looking to make people walk around on eggshells around him. So he gets his value... For making other people uncomfortable. Absolutely. Hmm. Putting okay. them below him. Putting Interesting. Him, putting other people around him in a six role. Huh. I like that. That's interesting, actually. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. And then the eight's like, I don't even need, I don't even compete with you. It's like, I'm just, I'm just better. The eight? Yeah. No, the eight is competing with you. Right. It's competitive, but it's like, I don't, like the, uh, the seven's like, you suck. And the eight's like, whatever, I'm better. Well, whatever. Kind of yeah. trying to be detached. Well, well, where, two, whereas like, a seven oh, would a seven would be like, oh yeah, you got a Lamborghini. What a fucking waste of money. Who gets an expensive car like that? Because you just that's such a waste. Like that thing depreciates the second you drive it off the lot. Whereas an eight goes, oh, you have a Lambo. Yeah, I had a couple of those. Then my dad got a job, or some bullshit <laughs> like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like the seven tries to detract from what you have. The eight just tries to one up your ass mm-hmm. because he can, or because he. The needs eight to. is also the uh, there's. <laughs> There's this video on YouTube that we always show guys. It's uh, it's Brian Reagan, right? Uh, this comedian, stand-up comic, doing this bit. It's called Me Monster. If you go, if you search on it for a Me Monster, you'll find it. And he, the Me Monster, is always talking about me and myself and I and I'm better than you and I have this story. They're the kind of person who will one up your story all the time. If you try and tell a story about, oh, I did this, like, oh, I did this other thing that's way cooler than that. So. A seven points out your weakness, whereas mm. an eight tries to highlight his strength. It, yeah, his own being better. That's interesting. I like that, AJ. Nice. All right, let's get back to the show.
So before we go into a fist of cuffs over the seven and eight, <laughs> let me just uh, let me just fix this. Look, first of all, I don't want you guys out there getting too wrapped up in it. Yeah. Make look at it this way: both of them are undesirable behaviors. And both of them are what happens when they roll in to meet somebody of higher value. So don't split hairs and worry yeah. about which one you are. It's like one's worse both. than the other, but don't do either. I mean, there's been times where I, I've competed with people. There's been times where I was a total douchebag with people. They're both shitty, uh, low-value behaviors. Yeah. And they're both reactive behaviors to somebody that is as high-value or a higher-value. So it's the first thing that they do. So the seven sees somebody who might be a higher-value. What's he going to do? He's, he's going to lash out. The eight going to go seven on him. The eight, mm-hmm. because he has that little bit of... It's like 730 in here. The eight, because he has that little bit of confidence, is going to want to bro out, but he's going to like, he has to show you how much better he is. Yeah. So it's, but it's you know, it's like, oh, this guy's being nice and for a little bit until he starts to show, hey, I'm high value. Check me out. Check me yeah. out. Check me out. And the thing about the eight is they're always cool at the start. Yeah. Because yeah. you're like, oh, man, this guy's buying shots. He's showing me around. I'm sleeping on his couch. I'm having sex with his girlfriend. <laughs> and then yeah. it's like now you have his car and it's kind of yeah. weird. It, it, it always ends bad. Yeah. <laughs> you're posting. He's posting on your fucking Facebook wall. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, what's he's up, hanging guys? out with your mom. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I don't. Did anyone see that that off the subject that Kim douchebag thing? Oh yeah, where he's like sealing your mom airtight since. Yeah, I was like sealing your mom airtight. I was like, I never heard that. Airtight. One. That was the douchebag solidarity. Yeah, PSA. Was, it was really funny. Anyway, <laughs> so I guys, I don't want you to get too hung up over yeah. it. Like, oh no, is he an eight or a seven? No, he's both. No matter how you look at it, he's an asshole. Yeah, when you okay? go over how to deal with these guys, you'll see it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. The it's amount of suck what they're is doing. pretty much equal, no matter what number yeah. you're at. So let's, let's even before we talk about a nine, let's just talk about how to deal with a six and a seven and an eight, because those are all pretty similar. Okay, well, the, the first one, the six, the supplicative guy, he's easy. Yeah. He wants accepted. Please like me. Hey. You're awesome, buddy. Give him a high five. <laughs> yeah. He's in. You're cool. He's, he, you know, that guy is very easy to win over. I he's, like your shoes, cool hair. Just color. compliment him, pretty much. Yeah, it's not going to take he much. He strapping in that And outfit. then it's like, it's like appreciate that person, you know? Yeah. Once you've Once you've kind of gotten past their outer layer, you just appreciate them. You're like, hey, you're a cool guy. And that's what will really raise people's value. Find Jeez, something to appreciate Mr. about really? that person. Yeah. And the cool thing about that, usually when you do that, most sixes, then you've nullified them. So then they're just easy to be around and it's yeah. not a big deal. They don't like seek they're not your as overbearing. Yeah. They just, usually most sixes just want to get it once and feel validated and then they sort of move on and they float into all the other numbers. Yeah. Let's face it though, there are those people out there who, after you accept them and tell them how great they are, yeah. they're still qualified. Oh, the serial sixes? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, understand. Serial sixes. I, I nice. like that. The serial six. But that's, that is definitely a guy who just is so heavily damaged. And know yeah. what you're dealing with. I mean, it's it's he's you got know, some I, stuff. I hate it that they're disengaged. That's usually what I do. I hate it. SWAT need, team. A, need a bus, need a bellhop. I hate it that there's people that feel that badly about themselves. You know, do what you can, but uh, and what you can do is get a program from the Art of Charm. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. I mean, if anyone feels like that, I would definitely say that taking a program with us would we'll, be a way to help fix out that. Yeah. We will fix it and see someone. Honestly, there could be yeah. a if deeper the, underlying yeah, if you, issues yeah. if you're yeah. that unhappy. So let's talk about a seven then. If someone's being a seven, I mean, I mainly see the seven with you. You know, someone who's going to like it, it, they try and bring it into the physical. You know, that's where a seven can get their, a lot of value is by trying to make you, mean you like, fight them. Like monkey conflict, like 
jujitsu style. Like getting physical. up in your face is like a very sad thing to, to I, deal I, with. I, the conflict. I think he wants to get up in your face. I don't think he wants conflict. Mm-hmm. That's the thing is that most of them don't. Most of them don't. There is. The, he wants to seem scary. Well, but at the same time, well, hold on, AJ. Right, this is something that, that I know that we were talking about this before, and I think that there's something to be you know discussed here about how to deal with when someone's getting up in your face, and I know that happens sometimes. Right. See, there, and the the reason why I say this is because you guys have a different experience with mm-hmm. this, and sevens, the way they act around you two, especially is they're not going to gain any value from beating you uh, senseless. Because you look like such a pussy. So, yeah. <laughs> so usually those don't end in combat. But for most just normal dudes who are not... Uh, or dudes who are like a little bit more muscly or something. Right, or, yeah. or dudes that if they were to beat the shit out of, they wouldn't get ridiculed by their other boys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, you really? You beat up that guy? Yeah. Nice job, you freaking dork. Yeah. It's because me and Johnny are pretty. Yeah, yeah. like, like the unpunchable face. <laughs> like, really? Oh, you beat up that guy? Congratulations. <laughs> really? And I, and I deal with it, you too. Actually, I, that I like playing but, that card because I prefer not to get punched. See, here's oh, the thing, though, the is that uh, the way that I deal with when someone gets in my grill like that... Because it does happen to me still, you know, is to try and just back off a little bit and give that person some space. But I don't accept that. If you stay yeah. facing somebody when they're having a conflict with you, then you're putting confrontational body language onto you that are. situation. You, are. you know, we always talk about when you give someone positive body language. If I face you with my front and that's building tension between us. If you're a guy and a guy, you're going to want to fight each other. If you're a guy and a girl, you're going to want to make out. So that's why we use negative body language to make the, the tension easier. You know, we ease the tension by turning away somewhat. So if someone's getting up in your face, don't turn your back on them, but kind of turn to the side a little bit and let that conflict just kind of get out of there. <laughs> I mean, AJ, I like, I like what you're saying, but I will go beyond that and say that, well, I, I, I just think that there's enough tactics to, that you can use where you won't get punched out. I know for a fact that I would get punched out if I so stood there taking it full on positive body language, not smiling. And, you know, if I met that with that same. Oh, right. Hey, and you guys were saying that most guys who are sevens don't want to be called on the fact that they're seven. I disagree. I think there's a fair share of guys that oh, are yeah. sevens that when called well, on it will they want go to, to blows. They want because respect we see all the for it. Absolutely. You That's don't, what they're looking for. You never call a seven for what he is. You call him on what he wants you to think exactly. he is. Exactly. Right. So you call him on the, you are the big badass motherfucker here. Dude, I'm, I'm scared. I'm so happy to met you. Yeah. You are Good. totally cool. I'm glad you're on my side, man. Yeah. yeah I'm on your side, yeah. man. Right. I just, I'm glad we clarified that because yeah. for guys listening, you, you, you were like, well, you know, usually they don't want to punch you anyway. So I'm like, well, don't get the feeling that a false confidence yeah. that it's like, well, then I can escalate because most face. guys no. aren't going to be well. That's to not that level. that's not the but, way to deal with it. Because what would that be saying if you're trying to be like, well, then I can do whatever I want. Then I'm better than then you. you're being an eight, right? Then you're being <laughs> because an eight. you feel you have a competitive advantage. That's why you're pushing it even further, right? And so what's he going to want to do as a seven? He gets his value from putting people beneath him. You seem like you're beneath him, <laughs> so he's going to try and basically mount hey, you. I will tell you. I will tell you how to get out of any fight and have anybody in the world back down. And all you have to do is get naked and start walking towards them. They will run. All right, okay. so what are we on? We're on the... Uh, the nine. How to deal with an eight. How to deal with an eight, I believe. Yes. Yeah. We talked about a seven. Yeah. So the seven, basically, don't get in a confrontation with him. Treat him as your friend. What, one thing I like to do with Bro, the seven... We, we haven't even finished, like, what nine is. Well, hold on. We're getting... Yeah, we're, 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 we're talking about how to deal how with to deal with that, the lower the other values. Thing That's is, at the end of this section. The six is you just accept him. It's just very yeah, easy. We accept him. Yeah. Seven, 
You don't get in the confrontation. Don't get in the confrontation. But this is what flies in the face of what everyone else teaches in the mm-hmm. AMOG with sort of like the backhanded compliment. Uh, like the yeah. showcase, subtly yeah, showcase that he's being combative yeah. to other people. Call it out to other people, um, yeah. That's horrible. Well, the thing about why, it why is though? that— Why is that bad? Let's explain yeah. why that's bad. So that guys don't, like, get sucked into that. Because it's so easy. There's so many guys out there who are like, I'm the best AMOG around. It's like, congratulations <laughs> because that's being, being an eight. Loser. That's being an eight. Well, yeah. the best part about it, we always talk about... You're you a know, champion when, asshole. When you get into this game, a lot of guys are like, I want to find more hot women. And then you find hot women, and you're like, wait a minute, there's hot women everywhere. Once you start developing that abundance mentality. And AJ, you Dude, said we this. live in LA. There's it's, no hot women <laughs> around here. It's way harder to find a really cool guy who could be your friend that you could hang out with than it is to find Weird. a hot chick. Totally. Way harder, though. Way like, harder. Like a, a hundred times more right. difficult. So if you're amogging all the guys who are actually out there talking to girls who have the best chance of being cool... Johnny's laughing at me. Why are you laughing at me? Because I'm right? You're totally right. It's so fucking difficult to find a cool guy. It's imp- it's so hard. Even our good friends... I feel bad like, for the girls, bro. Even our good friends like Jordan. try and... I love yes. you, man. Brother love. But it's yeah. it's so hard because guys get competitive. Even AJ and I went through a phase where it was like, yeah, whatever. You know, I got a better story than that. And you know I'm lying, but it's okay. Well, we'll have to dance around I the subject for a year. By, you know what I mean? I think in, in, in nature, anyway, <laughs> guys are going to – it's a it's a part of being a guy, that competitive sense. Yeah, why, why else is – There's why, something to that. You know, I mean, why is sports so fucking huge, you know? Yeah. So the AMOG is being an eight. Yeah, he knows he's better than the seven, and now he's going to point it out in a way that yeah. shows off that he's better. I think that's true. The amog tactics are very eightish. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's not where you want to be. Yeah, because even still, you're better off raising the seven's value. Yep, and making him feel accepted than you are trying to make him look worse. Mm-hmm. One thing that I like to do with a seven is I give them value in places they don't know they had it. A lot of the time, a seven is making comments at you which are actually like a little bit intelligent, you know, but they're trying to make you seem like you're worthless or you're worth Mm, less, right? mm -hmm. So instead of taking it as an insult, I take it as a joke. Like, (sighs) hey, man, that's pretty funny. You're a funny guy, man. I like you. You know, and if you can say that with some degree of genuineness, well, yeah, that, that's you know, where you're not line, making though. fun of him about that, it. That sounds like, like it could yeah, be eight. Yeah, yeah. If someone says that, if someone's like, dude, you're gay, I'm back. Like, you got me, man. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. you know, but you're, only you're funny. On you're funny. Yeah, I, I like only you, man. Weekends. I like you, man. You're cool. You're a cool guy. See, that doesn't make me feel good now. No? Now I just feel like an a-hole. Well, the other, thing, so com- the other thing about it is it, once you start to understand the matrix and these dynamics... You see that the seven, just by being a seven, is showcasing that he's so unattractive yeah. that I you don't like have to do anything. You, no, yeah. they will blow themselves out. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You're better off Instantly. ignoring and accepting than you yeah. are engaging and reacting. Because then you're just two kids fighting in front of a chick who's like, yeah. really? You guys mm-hmm. suck. I also and she's wanna... like, you, you can't see this was unattractive? Come yeah. on. I also want to add to that, just as women will give you those uh, tests up front to see what you're made of, Dudes do it, too. I do it. I know you do it, AJ. I've seen you do it. You love doing it. <laughs> and it's where you start pushing other dudes' buttons to see if they can handle it. Because if they're truly a cool dude, they're going to roll with it and throw a little bit back. And you're like, hell, I can drink with this guy all night long. He's yeah, fun. We can fuck with each other. Yeah. It's all right. So, and, so hey, by the way, just to set the record, fucking with someone for the foreign guys out there doesn't like, mean having sex with them. Yeah. It's well, like a common language not translation. the way you do it. <laughs> <laughs> it means messing with somebody, like, yeah. screwing around with their reality. You fuck yeah, on me. 
You want to fuck on me? Yeah. It's basically male flirting. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's bonding. It's, it's bonding. teasing yeah. and it's banter. Uh, so, but, <laughs> you want to fuck on me? Yeah, but when I'm hanging out with some dude, I mean, I, I want a, a friend that I can, like, check into the wall. Hey, or, if I yeah. want to squeeze his tits, I'm going to squeeze his tits. Yeah. <laughs> That's why one of my favorite moves is the nipple tweak, because it gets so many guys uncomfortable <laughs> with the dudes who can deal with it and play back and be like, I'm fucking with you, you now. You can usually have sex with. Yeah. And I'm really good at that. So all I'm, all <laughs> That's I'm, another episode. All I'm saying there is, you know, if you feel that you might be getting messed with, you know, hold on. You might not. It could be a dude testing your metal to see if you're worthy to be hanging out with. Mm-hmm. So it's a bro test. Now, if you throw a little <laughs> shit back to him and he starts laughing like, hey, oh, this guy's cool. Let's have a beer. So now you got like your buddy you can roll with. That in the happens bar. so frequently too, like oh, with does. a seven or someone. So you think someone's being seven to you, and you just kind of play back on him, and then you guys are friends. Yeah, yeah. And then you realize that he was just baiting you by yeah. being a seven, yeah. just testing to see if you're a cool dude. <sighs> I'm glad that that's out that's there. That's what wow. high value men do. Yep. Because they they need to get to know mess you. around with each other. Women do the same thing. Yeah. It's you basically you set up this this trap where if you become reactive to whatever I do to you, then <laughs> the you totally reactive failed. trap. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's all it is, though. All these low-value dynamics, they're just looking for reactive behavior in different well, that's, ways. That's what a test is by definition. Yeah. What's your reaction? Yeah. All right, so let's talk about an eight, how to deal with an eight. You know, my thing with an eight is people are always bragging. You know, they're always, yeah. like, trying to show you how cool they are. So all you need to do with an eight is kind of be like, hey, you're cool. Like, those are actually It's kind cool of things. funny how dealing with a six, seven, and eight is pretty much the same it, thing. That's why accepting, I like to group it all together. Accepting them as being like, hey, you're cool. Mm-hmm. Even while he's calling you a fag, or uh, at the other end of the spectrum, Which is a cigarette he's for you talking about people. his twelve-inch cock and his yeah. his huge. That's you know, fantastic, mansion. dude. Yeah. So if you can accept that, but at the same time not reward it, yeah, that's the you trick. don't dwell on it. You don't go into it. Well, look especially at, with an eight. Um, what I was saying is, I mean, look at the the eight's name. What competitive dynamics? He wants to compete for that value, so it's easy. You don't compete. I bet. I bet I could do more push-ups than you. I bet you can. That's why you're awesome. Yeah, because I haven't done a push-up since <laughs> yeah. 1997. Dude, you, know? you totally so, could. First of all, you just don't compete, and then you give them some value, and then you roll forward. Hey, how often do you go to the gym, actually? You know? Oh, I go every day. Oh, that's cool, dude. All right. So, hey, what are you guys having a good time out tonight? Redirect the subject. Yeah. Oh, I, I live next to a gym. Yeah. That's funny. I've I look never at people even go, been there. I watch, people, I watch people go to the gym every day. From yeah, my I live find window. commonalities. You give oh, you the go value. To the gym, I live next you give to the, the value on the thing that they're searching for the value on. You don't go into it, and then you redirect the subject to something else where you guys can actually bond. You know, but not competing on it. I, I know we can get very in depth in these, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, okay, that's how I deal with an eight. So I'm, next time I see an eight, yeah, make like, sure I do exactly this. I will have an eight laser. Please ready. do not go. In, don't think of it too hard, guys. If you just ignore. Anything that you feel might be a test, like they would not even bother doing it, that to you because you're so high value, you'll win. So don't even worry about it. Listen, it's like a passive victory. The iPhone app that we'll be releasing will handle all of your questions. <laughs> yeah. on it's, uh, you know that we're going to get requests for that now, right? Yeah, of course. I cannot find iPhone app yeah, in where store. Where think, iPhone app is at. I think how that's going to work is you have to cue it in and you – can you say that line again? Because this is going to tell me if you're fucking with me or not. <laughs> Okay, you're good. It's the same thing as with women, though, right? We talk about women give these tests to well, guys. Of course. We, we've started calling them uh, like sack tap. You know, she kind of like taps. testing your cup. You know, seeing cup how you're checks. seeing if you're <laughs> solid down there. You know, and if you get reactive to it, and then you fail the test, or if you play along with it, you don't let it shake you. 
then you pass the test. And it's the same thing with dudes. Dudes do the same thing. They You test your friends. You check them. You, you feel each other's balls. balls. You, know? you feel each other's you balls. Tap, you know? Just say what you mean. And you just make sure that they can handle it. And if they can, then you guys are still friends. And if they get, you can't and they get reactive, then you're like, that was weird. So basically, just to like briefly recap, we're talking about raising other people's value, right? Mm-hmm. So a six, you accept them, they're needy, and you just give them It's props. very simple. You just accept them and move on. So what about a seven? You approve of them. You stay non-reactive. Stay like you non-reactive. Don't, you, don't, you let your emotions get involved. Yeah. Just like, dude, that's awesome. It can you really, really help in your face. with a seven to work your body language. If they start coming at you face-to-face, turn so that you guys have like 90 degrees between you. You know, that's how friends So you're, you're the yeah, parallel, to his, parallel the, the, to his perpendicular, if you will? Yeah. Exactly yes. Alex's point. What you want to do is set it up in a situation where it feels like you're working with him and not against yeah, him. Absolutely. You know, because as long as you're on a team together combating someone else yeah. or some other problem, Common enemy style, <laughs> you're, you're you further cool. ahead than you are sitting there trying to be the eight and compete with him yeah. knowing that you are better than him. Yeah. And uh, don't look, turn your back on people. You know, just turn yeah. to the side and act like you guys are working this exactly. out together. When you turn your back on that seven, that's when you get the bottle upset. You know know what's funny is we used to do this in retrospect. We totally used to do this in security. Like you get a guy's like, yeah, man, don't act tough. I'll fucking kill you. That motherfucker, blah, blah, blah. And then I'd be like, I put my arm around him. I put my arm around him and be like, yeah, let's go outside and talk about this right now. Fuck that motherfucker. I'm going to kick that guy. We should kick (laughs) that guy's ass. And we're walking out the door all mad together like, yeah, yeah, that that guy, guy fuck that guy up. And then we get out the door and I'm like, this guy can't get back in. I double back around go back in and the big dudes outside are just like no man you're done and he's like but i just i mean we were uh, i was like i was like uh and i was just reading right and the guys <laughs> like it's done because those guys are like yeah yeah i'm drunk and i'm angry and they're angry at me and i'm like yeah i'm angry too and they're like yeah ah! well so it's you're on the same side you know what you someone's walk at. out the door like we do the same yeah. thing when we touch but when you're when you're working with someone and they're pissed off mm-hmm. you basically you redirect their anger at something that's not you and it's outside of both yeah, of you guys and they will just follow suit they're like yeah that's what i mean what you this were talking place about doesn't have coat check fuck this place yeah. yo whatever you're like yeah we're gonna talk to the manager yeah you know, and you take him outside oh the manager's <laughs> outside in the street next to the cops yeah. oh okay I mean, yeah that's... yeah let's go right now yo when you're on the line with customer service and you're angry about your internet or something mm-hmm. the most effective way to deal with that sort of anger is to show that you're working on the same team. Yep. So I you understand. ever feel We're really sorry. comfortable? Exactly. When you're on the phone with customer service, you're like, oh, okay, he's helping me with this problem. We're combating it together. Mm-hmm. Not yelling and screaming at each other. So the important part here, which leads perfectly to what a nine is, is being cooperative. Mm. Yeah. When you, the, the part when you get your yelling done at customer service is when you're talking to the computer and it's like, I said fucking representative. <laughs> Rep-fucking-sentative. What? Uh, then when the person comes in, you're like, oh, hi, Doris. Yeah. Yeah, I know this isn't your fault. And I really i am so appreciative that you're working right now. It's late there, huh? Yeah. Oh, Albuquerque? Yeah, no, I know I'm in L.A. I mean, it's still late here, huh? Oh, well, my God. Jordan's on the phone with Amex like every other day. Oh, literally. Them. Literally every other day the doing side something. note topic is that if you curse at the uh, AVRs, the automated voice res- response the things. Like, Hello, card member. If you, if you curse at them, they'll often send you to the representative. They do you can try that. Yeah. Just be like, F off, but like actually curse. Well, they're often they're like, I'm sorry, I didn't get that. Yeah, and you just curse again. Let's talk about real quick how to deal with an eight, because this is important too. The thing about the eight I that so. I find is they're a very transitive state. People don't tend to stay eight too long. If you can accept Whatever. an eight. I mean, some of us stay eight for a long time. You just don't know. Excuse me. You just don't know, man. I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to let you finish, but I'm the best eight of all time. <laughs> Go ahead. Now I'm going to let you finish. Oh, okay. finish. But 
So, you know, when someone's being an eight, it's generally that they're trying to, they keep qualifying, they keep bragging, they'll cut you off and try and let you know that they're cool. And so all you need to do is accept them for that and then move on. A lot of the times you don't even need to do any of the body language tweaking or anything like that. You just don't reward that behavior and you move on to a subject where you can both bond. Now, what I'm curious about from you guys is how do you deal with this in the long term? Because the eightness usually seems to come from some underlying like insecurity where they need to keep getting that validation well, over a it's, long time. It's also a need do you just for not attention. make these people your friends or what? It's a need for attention. So usually what I will do since I only have a set amount of attention is I will acknowledge them, accept them, give them a little bit, but I will usually pass them off onto something else or show them that it's cool, but not really get preoccupied with that because that could be endless. I mean, I had friends back in the day who constantly, no matter what I did, had to show that they had something better, done something better, got a higher reward. It it It's transient, but a lot of people have it in their DNA. I mean, yeah. by nature, it sticks, we're but competitive. You can get past it in like in each interaction. I would say any, any of the low value behaviors, uh, the extreme ones are going to constantly do it. And, you know, and as AJ said it best, if you don't have the energy for it, then walk away. Because, look, I'd rather be talking to a bunch of the cute girls at the bar than dealing with somebody who's running around qualifying and competing with me all night. It's like, hey, buddy, you're cool, awesome, all right, cool, uh, all right, awesome, and you're cool. get the fuck out and of And I'm yes. done. Yeah. I've handled it. I've done as much dealing with you as I'm going to do. See, no, that's look, not to as say a, that it'll high, happen all the time. I want to point that out because sometimes there will be eights where you, you, you're talking to this guy and you're like, this guy's an eight. And then you get past it and you start talking to him and he's actually cool. As a high yeah, value male, as a high but value dude, not, very often. not often. Your time is your most important asset. Mm -hmm. So, you know, take it from there. Well, let's talk about being a nine because I think that's really important. And, yeah, you obviously. know, what we're striving to do in the first place. Hey, this is Joseph W. South, and you're hanging with my boys, AJ and Jordan, at www.pickuppodcast.com. So how does a guy get value? How does a nine get value? I mean, what is what's well, the, what, like, what, what is, is a nine? What, what is a nine? What does he say? It's a cooperative dynamic. So mm -hmm. he's like really arm in arm with everybody else. He's kind of like, hey, we're all on the same side. We're all on the same team. He's it, What's going through his mind? It's like kind of like, I'm awesome, but also you're awesome. So, like, everyone around you just happens to be well, awesome. When we talk about, like, you know, each guy has a catchphrase, right? The catchphrase. We usually say that the nine's catchphrase is you're awesome because the nine just gives out value. The nine has the internal validation where they accept themselves for who they are. The nine is cooperative with other people. I mean, there's a lot of characteristics in a nine, which is why it's so difficult to compartmentalize into, like, one specific thing. But we say a nine has cooperative dynamics. They work with other people. I also like to add on a, uh, a variation here where the six is supplicative, right? And people are like, well, a six is, is working with other people. A six wants other people to feel good too. That's cooperative, right? And I say, well, a nine is assertive cooperative. You know, they have their own thing going on. They know what they're doing, what their goals are and where they want to go. And they will assert that and try and move through the world and create those things. But at the same time, they're cooperating with the other people they're encountering on their path. I like it. So the nine is saying, hey, you know, you're awesome. What are the traits of this guy, though? What is the what are the traits? Like, what is it? What does that mean? I don't just walk around being like, hey, you're awesome. So when somebody says, yo, man, you know, I got this awesome house in the hills, yo. Mm. I'm like, man, that sounds like a lot of fun. Sounds let's, cool. Let's have a part. We should totally have a party yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, we should well, totally chill your place. Nine it sounds baller. 
things that nines do is they'll they're very accepting of people. Mm-hmm. You know, a nine is always accepting of whoever's around him. Uh, a Sucked nine a lot of rhino is... cock. Really? That's that, you know what I've always. That's amazing. That's really interesting. Let's talk <laughs> about that. Fantastic. I'm really interested. And now I'm intrigued. Why that's going and down. for the last time, stop calling me rhino. <laughs> oh. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Other things that nines do is they're very unreactive. Mm. Nines keep their cool. Emotionally yeah. non-reactive. Emotionally unreactive. You can't really shake up a nine. They're accepting of whoever's around them, and then they'll keep their cool. If you try and fuck with them, they'll just play along. They, you know, they're not going to be shaken by you. So what's, what is an example of that? Like, hey, man, this is my fucking table. Go away, man. Hey, this is my fucking table. My bad, dude. You guys seem cool, though, so I'll check back with you later. And I'm like... Oh, okay. I don't want to seem like a douchebag. That guy <laughs> so sounds cool. Totally yeah. check back with this later guy who I just told to go away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, I think of a lot of the things that a nine and a 10 does as misinterpreting others' actions in a positive way. Right. So, like, even if a guy's like, I don't want you to check back later, go away. You're like, awesome, man. I'll see you in a bit. And yeah. the rose colored like, glasses. Glasses yeah. is half full. Yep. You know, it, it's that outlook on life that it's like, even if I have to do a little something or I have to go out of my way, I know that on the whole it's being paid back universally, karma, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. You're not too wrapped up in, okay, this I have to showcase this and this person has this and we have to be seen in some sort of way like that. Instead, you're just like, I see this guy has value and I'm going to do what, what a normal person who wants to cooperate and, and move things forward would do, which would be give that person value. Also, I mean, the nine understands when he's going out that he, whoever he's with, he understands that he's, he is only as strong as his weakest link. Ah. So he's going to make sure that everybody in his group mm. is awesome. Uh, he cannot be, he doesn't want to be dragged down by the, the, the one uh, guy who's not feeling all that well about himself. And why would he, the, he even take him out knowing that he's going to bring the crowd down? He's going to bring this guy up to feel accepted with everybody else. And not only that, it's everyone that's in that venue, you see them as high value, whether mm-hmm. that person believes they are or not. Mm-hmm. And it's your job to show them to what their value their is. Value. Find their value and show them what it is. Even if it's just you made somebody smile because you smiled. Hey, you won. You 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 made that person. Feel you made better. that feel that person feel better. So and this is what trips most guys up. Yeah. is that you will not always receive positive responses from doing this. Yeah, it's it's weird. You know, how that works. even though a nine and a ten is something we strive to be, just because you're going out and being cooperative doesn't mean that everyone is going to be like, oh, thank God you're here. Yeah. people are going to spit in your eye. People are going to be combative. People They're are be locked seven. into their ways. You know, right. they're autopilot responses for it's dealing how with ninety percent of people. React to those reactions that determines whether or not you're high value. Because if you sit there and you get worried and tied up on what everyone else is doing, then you're dropping back down to that seven and that eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I know a lot of guys come through our program and the first night is a little rough because, uh, you know, they're nervous. They have anxiety about people's reactions. And even when they try some of this stuff, they don't always get a positive reaction because they're working on themselves and they're putting themselves out there. But at the end of the day, if you're not doing that, you're not growing. And I think that's why everyone listening to the show here is so in tune to this value exercise that we're going through. Because if you're not engaging other people, if you're not going out there trying to improve, you're static. Mm-hmm. Well, let's look at that for a second because you, we talk about improving a lot and growth, you know, and that a nine is striving to be a 10, we always say. Now, what's a 10? Let's look at that for a second. My view of the 10 is. That's your personal archetype of what is like perfect. Like the perfect version of yourself. Exactly. Like the best version of yourself. Or 
also a combination of your heroes, the traits that they have, how you would be if you in integrated those traits into yourself. So you're always striving to be more than you currently are. If you're a nine, right. you're striving to be a 10. Yeah. You know, so you can't ever become a 10 because if you did, you would be perfect. You would stop working on yourself. You would stop growing Jesus and then you'd feel better than everyone. Right. You could say Jesus is a 10. Why? He's a 10. What, what are qualities of Jesus? Don't dime piece that guy what are, what, are, uh, what are qualities of well, Jesus basically that he was makes just like a 10? Everybody else deserves, you know, the ultimate. Everyone deserves to be treated well. Everyone's right? like amazing. Treat awesome. everyone as if they have value. Right. Everyone is just like so, like without going religious yeah. up in this piece, because I'm Jewish and stuff yeah, anyway. Right, me too. It's like, you know, <laughs> you're just like, it's like he's value giving on everybody. Like sacrifice yourself. Yeah. You're an awesome dude. Everybody else is just amazing, but you're also amazing. But that part doesn't even occur to you. Right. Like you're just so giving because you have so much value. You just want to spread right. it all just over the place. Right, just want to give it out to – and you want to you help other people do this kind of stuff too without being forceful about it. You don't want to push your and beliefs on other people. you're not getting you value just, you by offer, giving value. Right. You offer. A it's lot of times the nine will give value, but at times it's because that's the only way he gets value mm -hmm. is by knowing Sometimes, that he's yeah. doing, doing situational right. things that – uh, are being cooperative, but right. it's going above and beyond just that. It's mm -hmm. like constantly spreading well, value. I view a I've, 10 and a 9 as being very principled, you know, having their own ethics of what goes along with that. What were you going to say, Johnny? AJ, I was just going to go from there. A lot of these guys who are going to be starting this out are still not going to feel like they have value to give. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. So that's a good it's point. an understanding of what you just said of... Well, it just takes going out there and giving it a shot and giving value and start seeing those returns come in as when you start to feel that you do have that value to offer. Once mm -hmm. a few comes back where someone says, well, you made me feel so good. I just wanted to do something new for you in return. That's where you go. I now have value. So it's being able to take the small returns and seeing those as victory as the girl behind the counter who sold you your Twix bar smiling because yeah. you smiled at her. Make it's her the smile. small things that, that you have affected in their just daily lives that will make you feel good. So go out there and go find your value and go see your value. Well, well that's that's the difference between a nine and a six, right? A nine actually can recognize it. A six can't. A six doesn't see that. So the nine is seeing his value. And he, he doesn't have to worry about mm -hmm. only getting value from sharing it. Whereas the six doesn't see his value and he's constantly seeking value. Yeah, well said. All right, let's get back to the good stuff. Hi, this is Dog the Bounty Hunter, and you're listening to the Pickup Podcast with AJ and Jordan. But you better keep listening or we'll hunt you down. So the key here to everything... Mm -hmm. Uh, and I touched on this earlier, is always about how you react. It's not about someone else's reaction. It's always about your actions and how you react to certain situations. And the best way to raise your value is to be proactive, which means being assertive, which means putting yourself out there, being more social, taking control in situations, and being cooperative and bringing other people's value up. The worst thing you could do, especially from a, a woman's standpoint, is be reactive. And why is that? Because she sees you coming from an emotional place. And since women are so emotional, you need to have that emotional stability. And if she can't see that in you, she's not going to be attracted. So basically, what, she becomes, what, insecure of where you are? No, she, she just doesn't see that as an attractive quality because she knows that she's an emotional being. That's how she's wired. And the last thing she's going to want in her life is to have to deal with someone else who's not in control of his emotions. This is and what, that's what being reactive showcases. Yeah. 
it's one of those like masculine feminine things, you know, masculinity, the manliness is not associated with being emotional, making emotional decisions and judgments and stuff like that. Uh, feminine, that energy is, is associated with that, you know, running very emotionally and stuff. And you notice it with girls all the time. Like they'll just act really emotionally all the time. Mm -hmm. So she's not looking for more of that. She's looking for the, the person that will oppose her, you know, to have that masculinity where you can be solid and grounded and like have all that stuff together where she can be, uh, we, we talk about the, the, the metaphor of the flag. Yeah. Where she's a flag. She's flying in the wind with whatever emotion takes her. She's flying that. You know, but you want to be like the flagpole where you can bend a little bit and you're grounded, though. You keep her tethered so that mm -hmm. she can feel free to be like that around you and comfortable and know that you're not going to just let go and fly that way with her and you guys are going to get lost somewhere out in the countryside. Right. It, it's actually where you showcasing your stability and emotions for once in, when, when acting like a 9 and a 10 is highly attractive to her. And it, she's seeing this through your actions. It's not through your words, right? Um, she's seeing how how is your body language when someone is a seven around you? You know how how are you reacting to situations where people are being eights and being competitive? Are you, you trying to out compete it? them? Are you can you protect her? Yeah, you know? this is all very important to her. That's why it's so key to keep in line here. And the other thing is, it can help you get out of a lot of situations. Being able to see the matrix can keep your head from getting knocked off because you can manage people's emotions. You can manage people by seeing where their intentions are coming from. I'm just thinking about this one time in high school where I was at someone's party and I forget what happened. Some dude was drunk and I was drunk and he was trying to like fight me outside or trying to tell me oh, to leave. It's about time somebody kicked your ass though. <laughs> you know, you think so, right? Yeah. But it's never happened. <laughs> so. Surprising. Well, we, we can tell. We can tell. This just in. I know, I know, I know. But, you know, what happened was I something, I like knocked a drink over or something. And uh, he was Asshole. like telling me to get out of there. Right. And so I was outside, but I was waiting for my friends. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to leave. I don't want to just walk away. You know, I want to wait for my friends and get a ride. And uh, he was in my face trying to Bro, start shit. I thought I told you to step off. Yeah. Man. So what <laughs> I ended I up doing was I did what we talked about as being a nine and 10. I just kind of flipped to the side a little bit. And I was like, yeah, dude, you know, I'm really sorry about that. I, you know, I'm not trying to cause any problems here. You know, I just went away from my friends. You know, I was having a great time at this party. It's a great party, right? He was like, yeah, it was a great party. You know, we started <laughs> yeah, agreeing you know on what? stuff. That works really well with cops because when you're talking to cops, for example, mm -hmm. and, and one guy's like, yeah, this guy totally hit me, man. You should arrest him. And you're like, yeah, officer, uh, so w w things got a little out of hand. We've been talking back and forth. It got a little bit emotional. Even if you're admitting that you're wrong, the cop's yeah. like, all right, you're the rational one here. Yeah, you and the other logical. guy totally takes the fall because he's like, because the other guy's like, no, you shut up, man. You know, you yeah. should be in jail right now. And the cops are like, whoa, bro, calm down. The person relax. who's flying to the extremes. Yeah, and the guy like who's just like hanging out and is like, yeah, you know, got excited, got yeah. a little out of hand. We should probably just break it up and go home. Yeah. Cops like, all right, go home. And the other guy's like, no, don't let him go. And he just like flies <laughs> off the handle. The cops are like, you calm down, sir. Calm down. That's how you get tased. <laughs> don't tase me, bro. That's how you get tased by flying off the handle. The cops love that shit, though. You can talk to the cops. and You can be so wrong. You can be totally wrong. And the cops are like, well, at least this guy's got a cool head right now. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to so like it, let this work out. For it's him. very important to see other people's value, mm -hmm. to put yourself in their shoes and see how they view themselves. 
That's so important in navigating all of these situations that we've highlighted in this episode. Mm -hmm. And the one way to raise people's value is acceptance. That's how we handle a six. Uh, a seven, someone who's combative, needs approval. He needs you to see that maybe he is a little bit better. Maybe he has a strength that you don't have. Mm -hmm. He needs you to see that and approve of that strength. An eight is competitive, so he needs to be complimented. Mm -hmm. You can compliment him on his shoes, on his car, on whatever it is that he's trying to highlight and move on. Right. And, and that's sort of how you disarm that behavior from growing out of control. And a nine, you're just like, let's do this. Yeah. I'm ready to roll. You're ready to roll. Let's, let's work together. Yeah. You know, let's run business shit. partnerships, join, friendships, join relationships, yeah. all of that. Well, that's when you see somebody. That's like and you're Jedi. Like, like, I can hang shit. out with this guy. This guy gets it. Exactly. Finally. Let's just hang out. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I mean, I think we got it. So, Johnny, how does one change in value? Like, what if I know now that I'm like, oh, shit, I'm a six? Well, it, it takes waking up every day knowing that you're going to try a little harder to be that non-reactive and that value-giving person, that giver of good emotions. Um, first thing, though, I mean, we've talked about it in other episodes and we talk about it at boot camps, and it's lead the body and the mind will follow. Yeah. And mm -hmm. lead the mind and the body will follow. Did I just do I think both we did row? the same thing. Let's just, I am not <laughs> lead sure. Lead the mind and yet. the body will follow and lead the body and the mind will follow. Right. And okay. so now first of it. all, if you start walking like a high value individual and moving like a high, um, a high value individual, you'll start thinking that way. So if you're out there going through the motions, faking it till you make it, giving people value and you start to see that come back at you, mm -hmm. now it's starting to feed that. You start to feel better about it. You start moving better. You start actually believing that you're a high value individual. And, and that's the long way. You got to like wait and look for the response. You have to see the small victories. And, and let that permeate right. your brain. So the actions reinforce the beliefs. The actions reinforce the beliefs. And that's that's the longer way about it. Or you can just actively understand that you are high value and start changing how you believe right now through affirmations and, and all these other things that we talked about and allowing, allowing yourself to be uh, – to quit capping your reality of what's possible and just let things happen and just go for it. Um, those returns are going to be a little bit quicker because you're now able to see them. So it's it's a it's but you want to just get the continuous circle running and have them both motors yeah. going. You want to do both, you know, uh, affect your behavior the way that you're dealing with people, and also try and affect your beliefs with things like affirmations and you know looking for the positive things. Like focus when you focus on the positive things in your life, you see more of that because that's what you're looking for. When yeah, you focus the on the negative, the negative things, you're going to see more of that because that's what you're looking for. Yeah, and so I struggle you, with that too. You everyone know, it's, does. It's very hard to sit there and start – you start thinking about one negative and then it turns into two. And then the next thing you know, you have this whole negative air about you about a certain project or a certain thing in your life when really had you just taken a second, said, what is the positive in this situation? I want to talk about this. It, outline maybe two or three of those you short-circuit that right from the beginning, and you mm -hmm. don't let that get out of control. Well, the thing about that that's so valuable is that a lot of people are like, I don't like this negative side of me. It's bad, right? As soon as you call something bad, you're limiting yourself. What is going on there, though, really? That negative part of your brain is trying to help you somehow. It's trying to look at how could something fail? What are the problems in this? How can we shore up these problems and make it work even better? So it's about taking that and breaking it apart and recognizing Okay, I need to – Walt Disney talked about this. He talks about having three parts of your brain. You have the dreamer, 
who uh, dreams up all the different ideas, you know, all the things that could be possible, making things happen, you know, and just being uh, ambitious and allowing yourself to think big about stuff. That's the dreamer personality. And then separate that from the critic. The critic is actually the one who thinks about how could this go wrong? What are the things that could fail in this? How can we, f and then you have the third one, which is the realist. How can we fix all this stuff? How can we put it together and make it work? So it's important to separate those three. When you're in the bar, when you're out with your friends and stuff, you don't want to be getting into the critic and thinking, oh my God, how could this go poorly right now? Right. What are the problems? Instead, in that situation, you want to stay focused on that dreamer where you're like, how can this be awesome? How can I have more fun? What can I do to help these guys have fun? And stay in that positive mindset. Other times, maybe when you come back at the end of the night, that's when you criticize. And that's when you look at, well, how can I improve next time? Well, the difference is there, you're seeking growth out of that criticism, right? That's really the the one key aspect that people who are successful, who are charismatic, who who actually live this life that we're discussing and outlining here have is they look at their mistakes and their failures still under a positive light and grow from them instead of looking at them as reasons to stop trying and reasons to stop growing. This links up really well with other things that we were going to talk about, about how do you become a 10? You know, because every person has their own beliefs and own things to add about what is a 10? What are the perfect characteristics to have that you should strive to be? So I think we should go into that a little bit. Yeah, let's definitely go into that right after the jump. We're here with Ramit Sethi from IWillTeachYouToBeRich.com, New York Times bestselling author of I Will Teach You To Be Rich. It's a great book. You guys heard the interview here earlier on Pickup Podcast. Ramit and I are good friends. He's given us a lot of good business advice, and he's going to give you guys some financial advice right here every week on Pickup Podcast. All right, so I've got a question. I went to law school. I've got like $100,000 in student loans and debt. What do I do about that? I mean, I'm kind of torn. I've got a 401k. I want to fill it out. I've got a business I invest in. I've got to live. I've got to eat. What do I do about all this debt? So the funny thing about debt is that most people look at their bills, complain about it to their friends, and then do absolutely nothing else. Yeah, that sounds like my strategy. <laughs> <laughs> it, the, you know, the same strategy just goes on for 30 years, and it's mm -hmm. probably the worst thing that we can do. What we can do is make a plan. And these lenders actually count on us not doing it because – it feels bad to open up those bills and run calculations because you're like, oh my God, I'm going to be 48 years old before I pay this off. Right. Right. So here's what you want to do. First of all, you want to decide whether you want to pay it off more aggressively or actually just pay the minimum. And how do you decide that? You decide by checking the interest rate. Mm -hmm. So let's say your interest rate on your loan is 2%, which is yeah, really low. Yeah, you wish. If it were 2%, that's really low. And you should probably just pay the minimum and then take the rest of that money and invest it. Okay. Because we can usually get about 8% in the market over the long term. However, if it's 6, 7, 8, 10%, sure. you're going to pay that off as quickly as possible. So there are, now let me add one more emotional wrinkle. Now, I have no emotions whatsoever. I'm an emotional right. robot. Likewise. Yes. So we are speaking, we're right. actually speaking robotic tongues to each other. Right. But if you're one of those people out there with emotions, listen up. <laughs> if you have emotions, some people really, really hate debt. Like irrationally so, even though mathematically it would be better to pay the minimum, they just feel really bad having debt. They feel bad. I know a lot of people feel bad about themselves. They're like, well, I owe people money. That means I'm a bad person. Yes. It has to do with their upbringing and your parents. Blame your parents for your debt. Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, write me an email so I can mock you on my site. Exactly. But the thing is, you know, whether or not I mock you, you feel that way and that's true. So 
it, it may not be mathematically correct, but if having debt really hurts you, then go ahead and pay it off more aggressively. It's okay to make a slight mathematical quote error mm-hmm. if it makes you feel better about sleeping at night. That's fine. Money is designed to help you sleep better and to be secure and to be financially free. Okay. Final thing, by the way, um, have you ever called your lender? I have called my lender. Okay. Well, you're a weirdo. You're a financial I am weirdo. A weirdo. So you're always on top of it. But here's a lot of things. Something people don't do. Call up your lender and ask them, hey, what if I started paying an extra 20 bucks a month or 50 bucks a month? Mm-hmm. How would that change the payment schedule? You can also calculate, calculate this at a site called dinkytown.net. I know it sounds ridiculous, yeah. but it actually is a pretty uh, credible site, dinkytown.net. So you can ask them questions like, what would happen if I paid $100 more a month? Or what would happen if I extended my loan out a few months or years longer? Or I just lost my job. Can we put a hold on this for three months while I get, my, get back on my feet? They're usually very willing to help you. Yeah, student loans especially. Most of the time, student loans have a, I think it's a federal law actually, that there's no prepayment penalty, unlike a mortgage or something like that, where they expect income from you over the long term. Student loans, you could pay it off tomorrow if you call in rich, as they say at Google, when your options vest or you get uh, an inheritance and you end up with an extra twenty-five grand. You can throw it into those student loans, and they can't penalize you for paying off early. Last year, I spent an extra $500 per month towards my student loans and I knocked the principal way, way down. And now I'm paying much less interest on the whole. Cause I used to be paying over a hundred dollars or several hundred dollars rather in interest on all these loans every single month. And now it's, now it's in the double digits, which is really nice. I love that. And all it took was just calculating out what's the difference. If I pay an extra 20, you know, 200, whatever dollars. Mm-hmm. You, the thing is because student loans are so huge, huge. it's like that old story about the, uh, I think it was United Airlines. The uh, flight attendant said, let's take one olive out. And they saved like $8 million a year. Unbelievable. That's because they are having such huge volume. The same is true of student loans. If you have 60K or 200K in loans, mm-hmm. even paying an extra 20 or 50 bucks can shave years, months yeah. or years off that payment. It's unreal. It's unbelievable. When I put those payments in, I realized that since over time, it would have taken me months and months and months because I pay about $1,000 in student loans every month. Now, having dumped all that money in early and then take your tax return and throw it in there because you won't miss it if you're not planning to have it. Completely right. You throw your tax return in there, you end up with thirteen grand. If you worked on Wall Street, you had a $13,000 tax return last year. You throw that towards your student loans and suddenly you end up with a lot less, especially if you have loans that are broken up at a different rates that are broken up over time like I do. You can really knock down those interest rates. and You're saving hundreds and hundreds of dollars every year just because you threw money at it that you would have wasted on, on something else you're thrown in the bank and earned less on. Yeah, the key here, overarching key of all this is to stop just paying the minimums and like throwing away those envelopes that come in the mail. Mm-hmm. Spend three hours on a Saturday, make a plan, and it will save you tens or sometimes over $100,000 over the long term. Absolutely. If you guys want more information about managing your money and automating your finances, I know a lot of Pickup Podcast listeners, a ton actually, have been buying this book. Everybody's gotten rave reviews, and even I'm using the stuff in there. The entire AOC team loves this book. You can get the book for Amazon.com, and definitely check out Ramit's blog at IWillTeachYouToBeRich.com. All right, show feedback and guest suggestions. We rely on you guys to help keep our finger on the pulse. So if you know someone who's a good fit for the show, let us know at jordanh at theartofcharm.com. Boot camp details for our live programs also at theartofcharm.com, and that's where you're going to find links to us on Twitter, Facebook, and other social media as well. If you're listening to this but you're not subscribed in iTunes or Stitcher or something like that, then that needs to change. 
Getting our shows delivered free to your phone or computer is the best way to make sure you don't miss a thing. You can do that by going to iTunes and searching for the Art of Charm podcast or by going to theartofcharm.com slash iTunes and clicking subscribe. That's really it. And you guys can help us. Subscribe in iTunes and give us a five-star rating. Write something nice and we will love you forever. Just go to iTunes.com slash The Art of Charm and it'll take you right there. When you write us a review, it not only makes us feel proud, but it helps keep us up in the ranks so that other people who can use this information can find the show more easily to get the credible advice that they need. It's also the best way to support the show other than purchasing products and training from us. So tell your friends because the greatest compliment you can give us is a referral to someone else either in person or shared on the web. Now have a great week. Go out there and get social and leave everything better than you found it.